Welcome to episode one of the FM Home Loans Israel Basketball League podcast. I'm your host, Elon Katz. On today's first ever episode, we'll review last week's games, and then we'll speak to IBL co-commissioner David Oratz for a couple of minutes. We will then close with a few things to look for this upcoming weekend. If you have any feedback, questions, or want to be a guest on the podcast, please shoot an email over to afibasketballmedia at gmail.com. That's afibasketballmedia at gmail.com. Without further ado, let's get into the Week 5 review. Let's start with our game of the week between Torres Chaim and the Cross River Mooseheads. These are the last two unbeaten teams entering the week. This game was really hyped. The players on both sides know each other very well. Uh, from camp, from the same area in New York, um, from different high schools in yeshiva. In fact, Chaim Krieger, the captain of Mooseheads, told me that one of his primary goals in creating the Mooseheads was to defeat Horst Chaim. So Krieger and his teammates must have been f- feeling pretty good. Uh, they led by seven at halftime, and they actually led by as many as 12 early in the second half after Yosef Rudansky came off the bench and hit a pair of threes. Mooseheads did a really good job in the first half containing Torres Chaim captain Shmuley Sauer. Sauer didn't even attempt a shot in the first half, but on the second half, in the second half, excuse me, he came out on fire. He ended up with 12 points and 9 rebounds. He actually didn't even miss a shot attempt until the last second heave would have won it in regulation. But indeed, Torres Chaim came all the way back and tied the game. Morty Weissman hit the game-tying field goal to send it to overtime. And in overtime, Weissman hit the game, what ended up being the game-winning field goal to seal the Torres Chaim victory in the final Torres Chaim 57, crossover Mooseheads 55. Torres Chaim is now alone at the top of the standings at 4-0. Mooseheads, with the loss, dropped to 2-1. and Shraga defeated Power Mishnah in a game closer than the final score indicated. The game was back and forth until the final few minutes where Shraga came away with a 66-56 victory. Shraga is now 3-1 with a huge matchup on Friday, which we'll get to later in the podcast. Power Mishnah, meanwhile, drops to 1-2. Aliyah Glory won in dramatic fashion as Zimmy Lee hit a clutch free throw with a score tied and zeros on the clock. Invaders were on the unfortunate end of the 41-40 Aliyah Glory victory. Aliyah Glory is now 1-4, and Invaders are now the only winless team in the IBL at 0-4. Bad Boys were looking good, up 15 in the second half, but foul trouble for forward Dovi Adler proved huge. He fouled out with 4 minutes left, and the Bad Boys had to finish shorthanded, as the Falafel Ballers closed the game on a 23-1 run. We shouldn't take credit away from the Falafel Ballers, whose run started well before Adler's foul out. The Falafel Ballers are now 2-3 with this 52-45 victory, and the Bad Boys sit at 1-2. Team Piazesnas got their first win of the season, an all-around performance to top the Ashrenu Holy Bagels 55-45. Piazesnas is now 1-1. Ashrenu has lots of talent, but yet to find consistency, and they move to 2-3 in the standings. Finally, Shosheret Shalvim and Gold Seals each cruised to comfortable victories. Shalvim defeated Pittsburgh Strong 52-28, while the Gold Seals handled the Lokic Group 52-31. Shalvim and Gold Seals 
moved to four and one and three and one respectively with their wins, and Pittsburgh Strong drops to two and three, while Lockage Group moves to one and four. Now that we have you up to date, let's get to our interview with Co-Commissioner David Oratz. Before we get to the interview with David, um, a quick word of caution. Um, With this being the first ever podcast, we did have some technical difficulties on the call with David. Um, That was completely on my end, and I I do apologize. Um, David was kind enough to, to spend a lot of time not only on the call, but also... Um, trying to fill in some of the blanks that that uh, occurred. But uh, I do hope that you can try to... Please pay attention to the content as opposed to um, some of the other issues we had in terms of volume and quality. Um, I do promise that going forward, we will make sure to sort that out and, and continue to improve and give you the best podcast possible. Um, with that, here's David. We now have the pleasure of welcoming on co-commissioner of the FM Home Loans Israel Basketball League and a good personal friend of mine, David Oras. David, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Elon. Very uh, excited to uh, be a part of the inaugural uh, podcast for the uh, Basketball League. Well, the pleasure is all mine. So, um, David, tell me about your affiliation with the Israel Basketball League. How long have you been affiliated with the Basketball League and the AFI in general? And um, how it's led to your position now as co-commissioner? Um, I started off on the bottom. Uh, I started off uh, part of the league uh, about uh, coming out about 10 years ago when I was uh, a student in Torah Chaga. Um, and uh, a couple of friends uh, put together a team. Uh, you know, it's the first time I heard about the league. Um, and uh, actually, my first year in Israel, we actually won uh, the AFI Tier 1 Basketball Championship. Um, so uh, that was uh, super exciting. And then just uh, I kind of stayed in Israel. So every year I've uh, been a part of a team, uh, either as a captain or as a, you know, as a role player. And... Um, Slowly, uh, slowly but surely, I uh, started to rest. Um, became close with the uh, uh, the other commissioner, um, Dovi Rabinowitz, and um, I knew at a, a couple of years ago they were looking for someone to help them out with the scheduling. Um, and I offered my services, and uh, the rest of this is history. And now I'm uh, one of the co-commissioners uh, of the basketball league, and frankly, I enjoy doing it. Um, you know, it's, uh, there is a bunch of uh, a bunch of effort involved and a lot of uh, planning and scheduling, um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, basketball is something that uh, uh, you know was always important to me as a child, you know, as a kid growing up and in high school, and uh, you know, even as I get older and older, um, it is hopefully something that I uh, hope to you know keep in my life. So this is another way to uh, you know keep it apart. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, I know. Sorry to interrupt. I know. I know you put in a lot of work. Uh, with with my new role here, I've been privy to see a little behind the scenes, and I know that um, that your hard work doesn't go unnoticed, at least by me. So uh, hopefully uh, others can appreciate I, that too. I appreciate that. So uh, as co-commissioner, you mentioned scheduling. Uh, what other kind of responsibilities does that entail? Um, well, so the main thing is probably the scheduling, um, and uh, unlike uh, so, there's also a flag football league. Um, and that has, uh, you know, upwards of 30, 40 teams. 
Um, the way they work is they, they sort of set out a schedule, you know, in advance, and every team has to, you know, you know, every team sees the schedule way in advance. And uh, if there are issues, they can speak to them. Um, since we're dealing with, uh, you know, less than 20 teams, uh, and just to mention, uh, 18 teams this year is uh, one of the one of the higher, uh, definitely on the higher end of the amount of teams. Uh, which is very exciting. Um, but what I try to do is I try to make sh- I try to work with each team captain to schedule them a game that uh, that works for their specific time. Um, so in the beginning of the season, it's super easy because I don't know there's no you know no one I don't know who's better than who you know I don't know which team is, is stronger than any other team and I can sort of just put everyone okay you want 11 o'clock you want 10 o'clock and I have to put everyone together. But as we get into the we're midway through the season towards the end. Um, you know, certain teams uh, obviously are not going to play each other again, and um, and uh, certain you know, I, I'd rather I try very hard not to have you know someone who may be you know on the top of the you know top of the top of the chart you know top uh, top uh, record play someone with the with the worst record. Um, so ultimately, it starts to get a little bit um, you know a little bit hard to, to to manipulate all the teams to be able to you know, and then the better teams want to play good teams. They want uh, good games. So um, it ends up getting very difficult towards the end of the season. Um, so, uh, but I still try to make uh, you know I have every team send me a couple of times that they can play, and I try to work with them. Um, you know, but also I always have some flexibility. And and so far, uh, you know, the teams and the captains have been phenomenal in terms of uh, you know in terms of, of, of being flexible. Um, the other thing that I'm in charge of is uh, is getting the rest. Um, and uh, um, as someone who's uh, you know been resting and you know also. Uh, you know, as a sports director in a camp and, you know, sees how, and a player, you know, there's a lot that I, uh, that's, a, you know, there's a lot that goes into, uh, you know, being a ref and, um, it's, uh, you know, being able to find ones that, you know, the, the, the league can respect and the players can respect is, uh, isn't an easy task. Um, but that's, uh, also partly of what I, uh, what I, uh, what I do. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me take you back off that. So uh, I myself have been a referee for a little bit. Uh, in the league, and anyone who's ref knows it's, it's it's not an easy job. So, so as the coordinator of the refs, what's something you look for? What 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 makes a good ref? So maybe uh, this could help me and other fellow refs, you know, improve our craft and maybe give some insight to the players, you know, what what, what they can expect and what they can look for. Sure. So, any person that ever works for me. Uh, in sports, whether sports staff at, at a camp that at the camp I work at in the summer, Camp Kaylee, um, or if they ref from here in Israel, uh, the main thing that I tell them is 90% of refing is confidence. Um, 10% is knowing the rules, uh, knowing the game is, but but 90% is confidence, being able to make a call, um, no matter what call it is, and no matter if it's the worst call in the world, and just being able to be confident with it. Um, um, the players can feel when someone's uh, not confident, and uh, uh, they're like uh, shark to blood, and they will they will prey on that, and they will uh, they will exploit that uh, if they sense any uh, any lack in confidence. Um, so I look for people who you know can make the call um, and stick with it. Um, you know, in the, in, you know, in refing, uh, you're always going to be wrong. Uh, one team's going to be happy with your call. One team's going to be upset with your call. Um, and most times you're going to be wrong according to someone. Um, 
And and look, you know, we're you know even in the NFL, NBA, NHL, any of these uh, professional sports, professional leagues, uh, refs are making mistakes left and right. Um, you know, and and we're we're human, so we're gonna make mistakes. Uh, but it's you know sort of what we do with you know when we make that mistake, that bad call. Um, you know how to react? Do we stay confident with it? And, you know, we say that's what we saw. End of story. You know, keep playing. Um, or do you, uh, you know, crumble and, and, you know, give in or show weakness, um, you know, that really, uh, that really shows, you know, cons- you know, shows me what a good ref is and how they react to those kind of situations. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I appreciate that. Um, let's move over to this season specifically. So, so what are some takeaways you have from, uh, the league so far? Um, any, any favorites as, as teams? I mean, I know you're, you're in the league, so you can't, uh. No, uh, that's your favorite team, but 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 uh, objectively, what, who are some of the better teams you've seen? Um, there's been multiple teams that have impressed me um, thus far. Um, uh, I'll go through just a couple of them um, and uh, explain sort of what I uh, what I'm impressed with. Um, but overall, uh, thank God that's been this has been a pretty uh, strong and successful uh, uh, basketball season. Um, there isn't any clear cut, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, one team above and better than everyone else. Um, uh, yes, they're, uh, one of my favorite teams to watch, uh, who happens to also be the top team, uh, undefeated at the moment is, uh, TC Torres Chaim. Um, uh, you know, this isn't their first year in the league, um, but they are a very well balanced team, great guards, great big men. Um, and what impresses me the most is their uh, their um, their chemistry and their um, constant talking on defense. Um, communication is one of the most important things in in life in general, but even in basketball, um, being able to uh, you know uh, talk to the teammates as to where you know if there's a pick coming, um, uh, you know to be able to move around. They play a very strong three-two zone, so be able to move the zone around and being able to uh to to you know play um really tough defense um and uh just their ability to communicate with each other and and if things aren't working calling a timeout and regrouping um they are definitely a uh, a team team as you would say uh, there's no one individual who's you know taking over it's they're all working together and uh you know definitely shows that the record is 4-0 um, and it hasn't been, you know, every game hasn't been an easy win for them. They've had to come back from behind, but, you know, because they hung together and they, uh, you know, they play, they play hard till the final whistle blow, uh, whistle blows, then, uh, you know, that's why they're, uh, they're where they're at. Um, so that's one team. The other team that, uh, you know, that's, uh, also been very impressive, uh, are the Gold Seals. Um, they also have just a very, uh, very solid, um, you know, all around, inside, outside, great guards, great big men. Um, they move the ball fantastically well. Um, they are, um, they're, they're just very uh, good at, uh, at controlling the tempo of the game. Um, and uh, ultimately, you know, again, their record also shows, uh, you know, one of the, them being one of the top teams that they, uh, they have what it takes to play with the best. Um, so Gold Seals is another team to look out for. Um, and the final one that I'll talk about is Sharsheret uh, Shalavim. Um, it's not often that we have uh, a team from Shalavim, uh, you know, coming uh, coming into play. But uh, the team that they put together is uh, definitely one to be reckoned with. Um, 
also fantastic guards and you know big men um you know and uh smart players they have a lot of smart players you know uh you know uh they don't often uh, force up too many uh too many bad shots um and uh and they're constantly moving constantly moving around constantly picking away from the ball um and uh you know running the fast break very well people filling lanes so those are so they're also very much uh, a team to watch out for. So you know there definitely are other teams um, for sure to uh, you know that are that will be contenders. Um, but those are the, the the top three that I think uh, have a very good chance of uh, of winning the championship this season. Delvin, as a follow up to that, um, who are some of the top players you've seen and and, and you've been impressed with so far? In terms of uh, certain players, um, you know that have uh, that have very much impressed me. So, uh, number one, I'll talk uh, uh, briefly about uh, Shmuley Sauer. Shmuley Sauer from uh, Torres Chaim. Um, um, if you ever watch any of their games, you'll notice uh, he's always talking. He doesn't stop talking. He's constantly, uh, you know, uh, positively, positively influencing or positively uh, giving positive uh, reinforcement to uh, his teammates. Um, um, you know, talking, constant talking on defense. Um, you know, very, you know, very strong player. Plays hard. Um, you know, uh, isn't going to dominate a game, but will, you know, will be able to to control the inside and the boards, um, which uh, I, you know I think is very important. Um, you know, in this league, um, so he is uh, he's a player that uh, this is his second year in the league, uh, and even last year was uh, I was very impressed by him. Um, uh, another player uh, on Team uh, A, Rafi and Tommy's, um, Adam Matovich. Uh, Adam is uh, also a fantastic uh, shooter, driver. Um, when he gets hot, which is pretty often, it's uh, very hard to stop him. Um, and he'll drain, uh, you know, drain threes, you know, a couple of feet behind the three-point line. Um, so he's, uh, you know, definitely their go-to guy. Um, you know, if they need, uh, you know, when they need some uh, clutch shooting, he's the one that they're uh, that they would turn to. So he's also um, been uh, very impressive. Um, um, I think uh, if I'm going to talk about maybe one other person, um, uh, it would probably have to be on. Uh, on I'm going to try to a different team. Um, um, I think uh, the other person that very much impressed me was on the SY Savages, their captain, uh, Stephen Mizrahi, also uh, a big man, um, but uh, very smart, very fundamental, um, uh, you know, very much knows where he needs to be, where he should be, where he will best uh, help the team in terms of setting the screen, uh, you know, uh, give and goes, uh, pick and rolls, getting the boards, looking for the outlet. He uh, also is a very, a very smart, strong big man, um, which again, as I mentioned before, I think is a very dangerous position uh, and a very uh, good position, good, good player to have uh, on any team. Um, so those are the three that uh, three players that uh, very much impressed me thus far. Uh, David, before I let you go, just one last question. Um, you mentioned there are eight teams in the league this year. Um, how many of those teams qualify for the playoffs, and how does uh, how does playoffs work in terms of first round buys, etc.? Um, so this year, because we have 18 teams, uh, the other commissioner and I have decided to um, 
uh, split up uh, the playoffs into two tiers. Uh, everyone will be making playoffs. Um, they'll be, but there'll be tier one and tier two. The top twelve teams um, will be playing in tier one, and the bottom six will be in tier two. Um, in tier one, the top four teams um, will get a bye in the first round, and the bottom eight. Um, so that's teams five to twelve. They will. Uh, uh, you know, five will play 12, six will play 11, et cetera. And the winners of those games will then play the top, uh, the top four teams, um, be reseeded and, and they will play, then they will have an elite eight. Um, so that's how the tier one is going to work. And tier two, uh, the top two teams, meaning the, uh, the bottom, the, you know, teams, uh, team 13 to 18, uh, the top two teams will get uh, will get a bye. The bottom four will play each other and continue, and then have a final four uh, after that. Um, so everyone will be making the playoffs. Um, and the reason why we did it in this way is we felt that the uh, 18th team playing the first seed uh, wasn't necessarily going to be a very fair uh, matchup and fair for that bottom team. Um, so we wanted everyone to have a chance to be able to you know win a, a championship. Um, and it's very common in, in, in the leagues here in Israel to have different tiers. Um, so because, thank God, we have a lot of teams this year, we're able to accomplish that. Um, so that's the way that the playoffs are going to work. Um, and hopefully the playoffs should be starting in the last week in February. So uh, we're kind of heading into home stretch. And, um, uh, you know, we wanted to give a multiple teams a chance to win tier one. So that's why 12 are on tier one. And uh, because there's so many teams that are very equally, uh, you know, very, very equal in terms of their uh, talent and their, their, uh, their record. So there'll be probably be a lot of tiebreakers that we'll have to figure out. Um, but that's for me to, to worry about. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, thanks for explaining that, David. David, thank you so much again uh, for joining. We're excited to see how the rest of the season unfolds, and um, congrats on being the first ever guest on the FM Home Loans podcast. I'm sure yeah, that I'm like really said, I'm super honored, and uh, you know, I hope this uh, can continue. And and uh, you know, this was also you were also fantastic. So I hope uh, this is, uh, gives you a lot of confidence for the future ones. Thank you. And, uh, thank you for uh, having me, and uh, look forward to hearing uh, to hearing the future future podcast. I appreciate the kind words, David, and uh, hopefully we'll have you back on again soon. Thanks a lot, David. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. I'd like to once again thank David Oraz, co-commissioner of the FM Home Loans Israel Basketball League, for joining us on episode one of the podcast. Uh, once again, apologies for the technical issues, and really appreciate David uh, bearing with me and, and helping make this work. Uh, with that being said, let's get to the preview for week six. On Thursday night, we have 3-1 Gold Seals taking on 2-2 two two Rap City. Rap City won their first two games and looked to break the two-game losing streak. It would be a huge win for them if they can defeat Gold Seals. Gold Seals at 3-1 and one looks to continue their rise toward the top of the standings. Friday we have a triple header. We begin with Falafel Ballers taking on the Invaders. Falafel Ballers will look to continue the momentum after the miraculous comeback last week. And the Invaders at 0-4 look to get into the win column. Falafel Balls come in at 2-3 and three following that matchup, we have Shraga versus Sharshelet. 
Sharsheret Shalvim. That will be our game of the week this week. We have um, Shraga at 3-1, Shalvim at 4-1. Both these teams play very fast tempo, so this should be a really fun one to watch. Following that one, we conclude Friday's schedule with Ashrinu Holy Bagels taking on Bad Boys. Both of these teams had tough losses last week. Uh, Bad Boys, the aforementioned um, comeback made by Falafel Ballers. And um, Ashrin Holy Bagels lost to Team Piazessinas. And that will be the final game on Friday. On Mote Shabbos, we have a quadruple header. Starting at 8, we have Aliyah Glory coming off that big, dramatic, last-second win last week against Invaders. They take on Pittsburgh Strong, who are coming off a tough defeat. Following that, we have Power Mishnah, who also are coming off a loss. They take on A. Rafi and Tommy, who looked good prior to their bye last week. At 10 p.m., we have Lobos, who were also on bye last week, taking on Cross River Mooseheads, who are looking to rebound from their tough loss in overtime in last week's Game of the Week. And finally, we have another big, highly anticipated matchup. The undefeated Torres Chaim TC take on Sai Savages, another very formidable team. So so a couple of really good games on Saturday night, um, a, couple, a bunch of good games throughout the weekend that we're really looking forward to. Before I let you go, just want to remind you, please like our Facebook page, AFI Israel Basketball League. Uh, our broadcast will be up there, and hopefully the podcast too. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can visit us um, on the web you can, where you can check out standings and schedule at afibasketball.com. And finally, if you have any questions or comments, please send it to afibasketballmedia at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week.